Founded in 2013, Mission Taco Joint now has seven units across Missouri. The full-service concept grew out of the childhood experiences of brothers Adam and Jason Tilford, who grew up in California eating mission-style Mexican food. The restaurants are decorated with bright, vibrant murals and graffiti that the area is known for, and the menu focuses on giant mission-style burritos and margaritas. It has required some re-strategizing, but the brothers have found success during the pandemic, capitalizing on to-go cocktails and a food truck that delivers direct to neighborhoods. Please note, this podcast was recorded before the recent announcement that St. Louis area restaurants must suspend on-premise operations amid surging coronavirus rates. Please enjoy this Buzzworthy Brands podcast with Adam and Jason Tilford of Mission Taco Joint. Thank you for joining me today. Can you start off by just uh, introducing yourself, please? Sure, yeah. My name is Adam Tilford, and I am CEO and founder of Mission Taco Joint. And my name is Jason Tilford. I am also the founder and chief culinary officer of Mission Taco Joint. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Can you uh, just tell me a little bit about this concept and and how it got started and why it got started and all that good stuff? Yeah, so Mission Taco Joint is kind of a a culmination of of Jason and I's uh, just growing up um, on the West Coast. Our our father was in the military and the Coast Guard, so we spent a ton of time in California. And uh, eventually we got, my parents got transferred to St. Louis and we decided we wanted to kind of bring, uh, you know, our, our California style vibe of Mexican food that we were used to growing up uh, to the Midwest. Um, so Mission Taco Joint, we, we never describe it as a Mexican restaurant. It's more like, it's just a, it's just a gathering place. It's a fun place to go, um, have cocktails. We've got a really good bar program. Um, and then the, the menu is a selection of very unique chef-inspired tacos. Uh, burritos, some appetizers, uh, things that you'd find, you know, walking down the boardwalk in Mission Bay or hanging out in the Mission District of San Francisco. Awesome. And how how many units do you have now? Uh, we currently have seven units across Missouri. And, and what do, year did the first one open? Uh, we opened the first one in 2013. Awesome. So you said you do not call this a Mexican restaurant. Why Why is that? What's the thinking behind that? Well, I just, I, I, I think we feel that, uh, you know, it'd be a disservice to a lot of the mom and pop taquerias out there that are really showcasing uh, traditional Mexican cuisine, which isn't what we're doing. We have things on the menu like duck tacos, we had a tofu taco at one time, um, carne asada fries. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not Tex-Mex and it's not traditional Mexican food. It's kind of what we branded Cali-Mex. Did you have any nervousness about that? Like at the outset, as, as I, I'm not seeing you, but I'm, I, I believe you are white, uh, just given your background and stuff, uh, getting into this type of cuisine, was that something you, you talked about? No, we never really talked about that. We, um, we actually had a few other Mexican restaurants before this, and we decided to make a departure from typical service of Mexican food and do so the tacos are a la carte. So, you know, you get to pick three or four tacos. It doesn't come like tacos on a plate with beans and rice. Um, we charge for the chips and salsa. It's not complimentary um, because, you know, they're fresh made salsas. You get two of them and fresh homemade tortilla chips. So everything's a little elevated culinary wise. And, um, you know, we take pride on that. And we're never really nervous about 
taking this departure and it was actually accepted really quickly in St. Louis. And we were definitely excited and lucky by that. Yeah. I mean, I think you look at what, you know, chef Rick Bayless was doing in Chicago and um, you, you know, I think, I think you can, you can, you can take some, some culinary inspiration and really bring your own twist to it and, and create something unique, which is kind of what we've done with, with Mikibaki. Definitely. I, I know that uh, the company has a strong mission and focus. Is that where the name came from or is there, there are more to that story? No, actually the name comes from uh, the mission district in gotcha. San Francisco. So we take a lot of, uh, a lot of things from that. We, we do the murals and graffiti style murals on our on the walls. Um, it's bright, vibrant. Um, the, we do the big burritos that were kind of, started in the Mission District of San Francisco. And uh, that's that's where the name came from. Perfect. Um, can you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, your commitment to uh, employees and, and sort of uh, providing a, a good working environment for them and, and what that's been like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we from the beginning, we've taken an employee first uh, mentality. I, I think a lot of restaurants, you, you typically hear customers always right, customer first. We, just, we took that a little bit different and, and put the employees uh, first and foremost. Um, and in turn, in, in us taking care of the employees, we feel that they're going to take care of the guests. Um, so in, typically in, in, in the Missouri area, you know, we pay higher, um, higher hourly wages uh, than the average. Uh, we have an internal minimum wage of, of $10 an hour here in uh, that's that's what we've imposed for our company. Um, we obviously offer benefits, great benefits packages. Uh, we really feel it's important for our managers to function well when they're at work. So, you know, we we have uh, five days a week. You know, we we really push for them to get two days off in a row um, with a, about a forty-five hour work week. So, I think that's um, you know the the benefits, the hours, um, and just the the everything we put into our staff and our culture has really kind of driven the concept. And I, I understand you, uh, communication is a real focus as well. Can you talk about kind of what that looks like in, in practice? Communication with the, with, with the, staff? the staff? Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the things that we, we prided ourselves is, is growing from within. We, we grew pretty quickly. We, we opened our first store in 2013, and, and now seven years later, we have a seventh store. So average, you know, a, a store every year has been some pretty quick growth. Um, but with that, we really promoted a lot from within. Um, that's helped us retain our culture and, you know, just provide good communication from the top down. Uh, I think that, you know, all of our corporate team now uh, has worked in the stores and know what what the managers and the staff are going through at the stores, and that just uh, you know helps us effectively communicate with with the teams, and uh, we've got a great relationship. Good. So it sounds like you are on a, a pretty uh, you know speedy growth trajectory here. Talk to me a, a little bit about what things looked like once the pandemic hit, once March happened. Um. You mean, I'm sorry. Can oh, you just for your concept, like, did you, yeah. um, did you guys, you know, shut down everything right away? Oh, when, did you when the pandemic started? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I think like like most people, you know, we we didn't think the pandemic would be going on right now. Uh, you know, we I think I think internally we kind of June 15th was our date of eh, we should probably be out of this by June 15th. So we took a, a, an approach that uh, cost us a bit of money, but uh, we're, we're happy with what we did. We we obviously shut down all of our stores for dining very quickly uh, prior to any mandate and went carry out model only. Um, but with that, we decided to furlough our hourly employees um, and keep all of our uh, managers on staff to run the stores for carry out. And we did that for a couple of reasons. One, um, we, we felt that the hourly employees were going to have a more successful time dealing with unemployment and getting unemployment. Um, and with the salary managers on staff, um, you know, one, once we got out of this, our managers would still be in place and we could ramp back up quickly. Um, unfortunately, that's not really the case yet. I mean, we're still operating, uh, although we are back for dine-in uh, limited, we're still operating at about, you know, 50 to 60 of our normal sales right now. Um, and so are all of your dining rooms open as of today? As of today, yes, all the dining rooms are open. And prior to all of this, what what uh, did delivery and takeout look like for you guys? Was that uh, important to your business or just kind of a, a minor thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we, we definitely... Uh, put put a lot of effort into our to-go packaging. You know, as Jason mentioned, we do all of our tacos a la carte. So uh, several years back, we, we sourced these really cool taco containers that individually hold three tacos. You know, we found that your typical clamshell style containers, once people left with some tacos, well, it was more like a, a salad when they mm -hmm. got home. So we found really unique containers. We have those branded. Um, you know, we've developed relationships with DoorDash and Postmates for delivery. Uh, so we were actually in a decent spot heading into the pandemic. We did have all of our systems down uh, for takeout and delivery. Um, so we were we were well well equipped and, and and ready to deal with takeout. So I understand though you did some innovative things with your food truck, right? Going out into neighborhoods. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So at first, you know, we shut the food truck down. Actually, hadn't quite gotten to the season anyway, but. We really didn't think about it at all. And then all of a sudden we started getting a lot of requests for it. And, uh, you know, at that point there was no large gatherings and none of this stuff. And we're like, well, how, how is that going to work? And um, the guy that runs the food truck found a unique piece of software that allows, allows people to pretty much get reservation times. And what's happening is neighborhoods will book the truck and he'll bring it there and he sets up outside. So the, the cashier is outside. So there's not too many people on the truck. Um, and they pre-order their times and then they walk up as families and make their purchase. And, you know, we offer alcohol and margaritas and, uh, you know, they, if it's a nice day, they'll kind of sit in their driveways and hang out as a neighborhood. And, uh, it's a pretty cool thing. It's, it's fun to see. And now some offices are starting to do it as well. We were in office yesterday and, uh, same deal. They just pick time slots. There's not a long line and not a lot of people up there at once. Nice. Is that something you're going to be able to continue, uh, you know, into the fall? Yeah, as long as weather permits, we're going to keep it going for sure. Very good. And I know uh, one of you, I think, was was uh, really active in getting the to-go cocktails uh, legalized um, there. Can you talk about that process? Yeah. Um, so when the shutdown initially happened, you know, I think everyone jumped quickly into the surprise. 
package like you know, um, but it would not allow us to sell um, meats, meats, cocktails to go. Um, but you know, we may have uh, walked a little gray line there and 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 sold um, margaritas for two days before we got shut down. Uh, it, was, it was pretty rampant. Uh, everyone was selling uh, things to go at the time, just trying to figure it out. So. Um, but but we're we're a big brand and and you know we we were recognized uh, that that we were doing it so we got a, a friendly call from the state hey you guys can't be doing this we're like all right cool what do we need to do to get this legalized this is a huge uh, source of revenue for for restaurants right now and we need everything we can get so um, we just work I work with uh, local legislators uh, we like work with the Missouri uh, Restaurant Association and um, technically it's not. It's not passed as law, it's not legislation, but the governor finally did um, provide an executive order to allow us uh, to sell uh, cocktails to go. Uh, as of right now, that does expire at the end of 2020. So we'll see uh, if we can get that pushed out. And then we're also working on efforts to get it legalized uh, permanently, uh, passed through legislation here in Missouri. What has uh, the availability of that meant for your business has that been a been a big help yeah it, it's been a huge help um i think in the first two days uh across uh when, when we did when we did open for carry out we only had five of our seven stores open we decided to have two of them uh, go dark but those five stores that were open i think we did about nine thousand dollars in in sales in two days uh the following week um and, and i should take a step back once we couldn't sell the batched margaritas to go, which we were selling for um, $25, I'm sorry, $20 for a quart and $40 for a half gallon. Um, once that got shut down, we had to move to a margarita kit. So we had to sell an entire unopened bottle of tequila, which we can, um, and then uh, our mix that we made. But we had to sell that for $80 just to, I mean, that was at like a 40% margin. So we were, it was a terrible margin, but we were trying to sell anything at the time. Um, that sale, those sales went from $9,000 in two days to the following week, the entire week, I think we did about $4,000 all week. So, um, you know, it was, it was a huge impact once it got shut down. And then once we were able to get it, uh, the executive order through, uh, those sh sales shot right back up. It was great. That's great. Ha have yeah. you done anything creative with the cocktails or are they pretty much straightforward uh, margaritas to go? Yeah, right now they're pretty straightforward margaritas to go. I mean, we're, you know, even back open right now, we're not running our, our full uh, cocktail list that we had prior to the shutdown and, and we're kind of reworking that. So we're going to, we are going to get, uh, we're going to try to get about five different cocktails going uh, here pretty soon uh, that we can sell to go. That's great, and I would I would assume the demand would uh, be even higher as the weather gets less uh, amenable to outdoor dining and other options. Yeah, I would hope so. Um, you know, uh, typically though, margaritas do tend to be you know people think of them more in the summertime. So maybe we'll try to you know come up with a, a Oaxacan style Manhattan or something like that. Oh, there you uh, go. A little, a little more uh, cold weather uh, beverage. And and I mentioned outdoor dining. What what does that look like? for you guys do all the locations have um patio areas or what have you done um yeah it's different across the board uh some of our some of our uh, spaces have large patios we have a couple that really have no patio 
Um, the cities that we're in have been really amazing. Um, you know, primarily we have five locations in the St. Louis metro area and then two locations in Kansas City, Missouri uh, area. And both, both cities, all the municipalities have been great about allowing us to set up additional seating outside. Some have closed down streets and allowed like street fests going on to really allow social distancing. Um, so it's great. Uh, again, we're, you know, we're in anywhere from a super urban environment to, uh, you know, a huge mixed use development, you know, out in the suburbs. Uh, so the the demographic is is very different, and and the stores are all unique. Whether it's a, a brand new build or you know an old historic uh, building that that we remodeled the restaurant inside, um, so they're all very unique and all have much different patios. So uh, can you talk a little bit about how uh, the pandemic has or or has not kind of shifted your growth plans going forward and into the coming years? Um, so internally, we actually are taking strides to build our corporate team and uh, get a lot of systems in place for potential growth on the other side of this. Um, physically, we're not really pursuing anything at the moment. We're more working inside and trying to create a team that'll be able to come out of this and, and then really pursue some stuff and maybe in some other cities. That seems smart. So, so what's the internal process look like? Well, uh, we did mention uh, earlier that it, how amazing it is that we've been able to grow our team from within, uh, and that's and that's really helped a lot of you know keeping our culture where it is. Um, but it also does have its downsides sometimes. Uh, you know, every everyone that that works in our corporate team, most of their experience is mission topic. So getting we haven't had a lot of outside experience. So we recently did hire someone. Um, who has a lot of multi-unit experience to come in as the COO uh, to work side by side with Jason and I, uh, just to help on on the organizational things, helping get in training programs in place, systems in place that uh, um, we we struggled a little bit getting some of those things in place. Good. Um, what uh, what did technology look like for for the concept? Has any has anything changed? Um, since the pandemic, like, do you guys have an app? Are you doing online ordering? Um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've always been, we actually have, uh, you know, for, for the size of our company, which isn't huge, we actually have a, a person dedicated to technology and he also does all of our facilities maintenance. And uh, so, so we've, we've been trying to stay ahead of, of technology. Um, we don't have an app, but our website was built to mimic an app um on your phone so it actually it looks a little most people are searching for stuff for restaurants on their phone and, and we just we found that you know if we design the website that way uh when it you know the, the 70 plus percent i think of people that are that are uh looking for restaurant information on their phone have will, will have a much easier time uh, with our website so we developed that that way uh online ordering is very easy uh the POSB uses post and it's integrated in there um you know, again, we, we had developed the relationships with DoorDash and Toast, I'm sorry, DoorDash and um, um, Postmates for delivery. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think we're trying to stay ahead of the curve on technology and, uh, and help it build, build the brand. Yeah, I think you're smart there. I mean, how, how much room on your phone do you have for restaurant, app, you know, specific apps? Uh, there's just so many out there. So, you know, that was kind of my thing. It's like, you know, when it came, it was like, build an app. I'm like, 
people really want to download a Mission Taco Joint app. I don't know. <laughs> There's so many apps on your phone nowadays. So when, once we got sold on this idea of having the website act more like an app on your phone, I was like, yeah, that's it. That makes that makes the most sense. Yeah, totally. Have you seen any changes um, in in consumers during this weird time in terms of like what they're ordering or day parts or any just sort of kind of behavioral shifts from them? Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, uh, obviously our, um, our, our mix of food to, to alcohol is, is down going leading into the pandemic. We, our stores averaged a mix of 65% food and 35% alcohol sales. Um, but that's, that's obviously changed. We're, we're more like 80, 20 right now. And Mm -hmm. a lot of that has to do with, um, well, two, two main factors for us. One, all the takeout, we're just not selling as much alcohol to go as we would for the dining service. And then two, uh, we're not doing our late night happy hour right now. Our late night happy hour is super popular at our stores. Uh, at, after 10 o'clock from, from 10 to close, whether that's midnight during the week or one o'clock on the weekends, we do $2 tacos and $2 tequila and whiskey shots. And we would go on waits for that. Um, but we've just decided that during the pandemic, it's too difficult to manage a bar atmosphere, which is what the happy hour turned into, um, if that makes sense. You know, in a, in a typical dining setting, we can control that flow a little bit better. We can guide the guest from the host stand to the table, making sure they're wearing masks, you know, ask them to keep masks on when using the restroom, things like that. Um, but when you get to a bar setting, it's, it's chaos and our stores were chaos. And so we're not doing that right now, um, costing us a lot of revenue um, and also huge decrease in, in alcohol sales, which, you know, as, as, as people in the restaurant industry know, you've got a much better margin on, on your, your alcohol sales than your food sales. For sure. That that's, uh, must be a, a tough thing to let go. Or do you have any, you know, kind of... Uh thoughts in the works or plans in the works for how to maybe make up some of that lost revenue, especially as the weather gets uh, grosser? Well, I I don't think we're going to be able to get anywhere close to 100% revenue until we're out of this pandemic. Um, I've got complete faith faith that once we are out of the pandemic, we're going to get back to our our, our old numbers. Uh, So things we're looking at right now as you know, in, in Missouri, as it gets cold and we have some brutal winters, um, you know, we're, we're looking to expand our, our services um, to go. Uh, one thing we're not doing right now is curbside, uh, which we feel that once the weather gets cold, that's going to be a bigger deal. People being able to pull up, not have to, you know, have designated parking spaces they can get into and have the food delivered right to their uh, car, uh, we think that'll help increase uh, takeout traffic. So we're working on that and hope to put that right this week, actually. Um, we're also working on just unique things that we can start selling that we've never sold, sold before. Um, Jason's working on a, a, a make-it-yourself nacho uh, kit at home uh, that people can buy. Um, we did introduce early in right, right away, these family taco kits that we had never sold before that have proven to be really popular. And Jason can tell you a little bit more about the family taco kits and those offerings. Yeah. So, um, for the family taco kit, we say it feeds about three to four people. Um, and it comes with two hot proteins, 
large size proteins they get to pick and two warm sides. Then it comes with our fresh tortillas and then it comes with a cold platter that has uh, different compartments and it has a bunch of different cold toppings like uh, shredded lettuce and pico de gallo and a couple of sauces and some queso fresco and people really seem to enjoy that that they can come home and just kind of put it on the table and it's their own little family buffet and uh, they, they really enjoy that. Great. Yeah, I know those uh, family meals have done well for a number of restaurants right now. Uh, yeah, for sure. Well, good. Well, I thank you both. Is there anything else I should be asking you about? Um, I don't think so. No, I think that was great. That's it. Yeah. yeah.